I want to say that um, today is a day of double blessing. Because our victory night also coincides for the first time with the prophetic voice minister's meeting. And when God brings the church and the prophets together, there is going to be a real real (laughs) combustion will happen. Amen. 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 These things don't happen because somebody sat down to plant them. They happen because God has a purpose for them. Because Victory Night is a night of prayer in Christ's tabernacle, where the Lord said to me, for second third of the, of the month, tell your people to come to me with all their requests and see what I will do before the end of the month. And the Lord said, on the last Friday of the month, let them come and testify to what I've done. And it has never been, you know, three nights of manifestation that is startling. Testimonies that we had on Friday were mind-blowing. The God we serve is the God of the Bible. And He's still manifesting the Bible way. So, the same thing in the prophetic voice ministers we have in last Friday of the month. And last Monday of the month. And we have been seeing the hand of God. The last time we went before the retreats. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God used it to commission us into retreats. And the retreats, the ripples of the retreats till today, I'm still hearing testimonies. But this is our first time of meeting after the retreats. But if we look at in PVM, we will recognize that from the last meeting we had, before the retreats, God began to trigger this movement into prophetic. It was a prophetic night, a great prophetic night. But having said that also, last month, the Lord began to speak to me about the body of Christ as being prophetic. And in the midst of our church, we have, or churches across the globe, we have seen a great shift of manifestations in the area of prophetic. I found out by the Spirit of the Lord that I will not stop teaching about it until I see complete fulfillment of this in the midst of every one of you. For the PVM ministers or anyone that is coming in to this meeting for the first time, I want us to look at the scriptures. And I will just take you through what provoked my spirit. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. It says, and afterwards, I will pour my spirit on all flesh and all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Comma. Now, I read the Bible with a different intuition now. All my life I read the Bible, but now that I'm more informed, I read it with more intuition. The first thing is, there's a comma in that place. But it means that that's what is preceding the comma must be fulfilled first. That is the prime, the, the, the major thing that should be fulfilled. It says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It didn't say may prophesy. And it didn't say your ministers. And this scripture tells us from Joel that anybody born again is a prophetic person. Are we together? But prophecy has been one of the most, or prophetic has been one of the most areas un, un, understood by many believers. 
And the reason is because why some of us sat in the office of prophet, experienced and encountered the office of prophet and enjoyed the benefits. Up to now, we have not been able to communicate to people the prophetic argument inside them. So, when anybody prophesies, sits in the office of prophet or operate by the gift of prophecy, others look at them as different to them. Really, a good number of believers always look at those who operate in that section that they are different and you, you don't have it, so you cannot do it. So, when somebody is prophesying, others watch and admire it. Or when a prophet speaks, others will you know, want to hear from him what God is saying. Now, that drove me into the consciousness that I need to crack this in the body of Christ now. I've seen results. A, boy, a girl of six was given prophecy in this church and is on the net now on Sunday. And um, I've seen other people too. A boy of ten came and began to prophesy to mommy right before my eyes. And I've seen others too receive um, emails, texts from people who God gave prophetic dreams among us. Because when I looked at this, that if the Bible says afterwards, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And the first thing the Bible says the spirit will do is to make God's people prophesy. Then I investigated, why are we not prophesying? Not a prophet or somebody who had the gift of prophecy. And we discovered in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1, that the reason why we are not prophesying is because of ignorance. It says, do not ignorance, do not, no, now about spiritual gift, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, if you look at that scripture, therefore, it is not talking about prophecy only, but it talks about all gifts. That believers will not operate gifts of the Spirit as long as they are ignorant of those gifts. Are we together now? Now, I began to look at, what's the word ignorance, by the way? The English dictionary meaning of ignorance means uneducated. Uneducated is different from not being literate. They are two different things. Uneducated means uninformed. Pastor Kisito, it means uninformed. Now, the word uninformed or uneducated is this. A doctor cannot go to the court of law, no matter how genius a, a, a surgeon is, to defend a criminal. Because he's informed in the, in, the, in the field of medicine, but he's not informed in law. A lawyer cannot say because he is the most intelligent barrister or lawyer, then go to the hospital and take over a theater to operate a human being. Because in the field of medicine, he's not informed. But he's informed in other things, in law. And that gets you and I to recognize that a person, humanly, we have areas of life that we are well informed, and we have areas of life that we are well ignorant. In the areas we are ignorant, there is nothing we can do, we can never function in it. But in the areas we are informed, nothing anybody can do, either Satan or man, we will function in them. 
<laughs> there is no such a thing that demons don't let me. If you know your stuff, demons will also run away from your knowledge. Hallelujah, somebody. So, therefore, we began to explore why did the Bible says we, are, we should not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. It went further in that scripture to say from verse 4 in the Corinthians, very quickly, this is not what I'm speaking to you about, but I have just 10 minutes to give, bring all of us to the same footing, then we go into the message of today. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. The next verse says, there are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all in all men. It begins by saying different kinds of gifts. And Holy Spirit, the same Spirit gave all the gifts. And we all should know about the nine gifts of the Spirit that, that was explained thereafter from verse 7. But that's not what we're looking at today. But then he says there are different kinds of services but the same Lord. Which means that Jesus the Lord is the one who calls you to service. Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the gifts. And there are different kinds of working but the same God. So it is God that works the gifts in man. Are we together here? Therefore, we recognize that the first ignorance is this. If the same Spirit gives all gifts, and we agree together that the Holy Spirit is in everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, yes? Then it means that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ has the capacity to operate all the gifts. Are you looking at me like that? I don't want to preach for too long today. I told them in, in uh, church yesterday, a section we're looking, they won't answer me. So I will have to give them one more hour lecture after others have gone. Because the purpose of coming before God is to know. Two things that the Bible says ignorance uh, you know, uh, uh, can give. Number one is what I'm telling you. He says, do not be ignorant of the, of the gift of the Spirit, because if you are ignorant of the gift of the Spirit, you cannot operate it. Second thing, he says, do not be ignorant of the devices of the devil. That's why the devices of Satan overcome many believers. With all their confession, the devil messes them up. Because there is ignorance. Haven't helped us to understand the word ignorance, therefore. The first area that you, you should be enlightened on myself is this. There, is, there are different kinds of gifts. Nine. As we can see here. But the gift is beyond nine. But this scripture talks about nine here. I know that some scholars have called some the gift of God. Whether the gift of God or the gift of Jesus, Holy Spirit is the custodian. When it comes to gift, it is the Holy Spirit. When it comes to service, it is Jesus. When it comes to working, it is the Father. <laughs> and they don't break ranks. <laughs> they work in harmony. They don't conflict. So therefore, which means that for God to work in a man, he's looking for a man who is in service. Yes? Because if you are not serving, why should God work through you? It is aimless and useless. And we discover that one of the ignorance of believers is this. They wait for gifts, fast for gifts, pray for gifts. Instead of that to serve. <laughs> There is a young boy who served. And when the main man was going, he got the mantle <laughs> through service. His name is called Elisha. 
There's another young boy who served without expecting any benefits. And then when the main man was going and the Lord would take him away, he handed over to him. His name is Joshua. Let me help you understand. Moses saw God. Joshua don't need to. Moses saw God and God sent him. But Joshua was sent by Moses. And God said to Joshua, therefore, as I was with my servant Moses, it's interesting that God didn't call Joshua servant. So I will be with you. So some of us see visions and we are sent. Some of us will see Jesus and we are sent. The marking of that is the cap that we wear as a father to many. Anybody who doesn't have that encounter, that cap doesn't fit in. But at the same time, some of you, we send. Okay? We will not send if the spirit in us did not recognize your calling. You may not understand the call, but we do. Because of where we sit. We see more of you than you know of yourself by the office that we occupy. So, someone may say, God didn't send me. Oh my. Joshua was not sent by God. God said, Moses, Moses sent Joshua. But God ordained Joshua to be the one that will carry the mantle. But Joshua did not understand it. After Joshua was sent, that was the time Joshua began to see the ability inside him. He didn't know it before. His own was just to serve Moses. That's all. To make sure Moses get comfort and nothing can hinder Moses' calling. He sang the praise of Moses, not knowing that the period that he was serving was orchestrated by God who prompted his spiritual service so that he may see the true form of Moses. That is, people see the power Moses, but he saw the man Moses because he was close to him. Because at the time Moses left, he has now to play the man Moses as well as the power Moses. Others see the power of Moses. They didn't see the man Moses. Same thing with Elisha. Elisha worked with Elijah to know the man Elijah. Okay? But others saw the man power Elijah. The man with power. I would gather now. Because he would take the mantle. But so, I'm saying this to you. God said this to me to tell you. Some of you may say that, but I haven't seen Jesus. If you have been sent by your pastor, you have been sent by God. Are we together now? Because you will not be sent if God did not send you. But you may not know it until you are sent. You know, the book of Acts chapter 13, it says in the church of Antioch, we are prophets and teachers. They were just there. But they were prophets, proven prophets. And they were proven teachers. But they didn't start anything. They didn't go anywhere. Until the Holy Spirit said to somebody, that somebody till today we don't know. When we reach heaven, we know him. Separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I have. So, for God to, if you look at Paul at that time, you don't hear much about Paul at all. You don't hear much about Paul at all. And you don't hear much of Barnabas at all. But when the Holy Spirit separated from me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work which I have sent them, the moment they lay hands on them and send them forth, now they are in service. Watch what happened. God now began to work the gifts in them. They didn't pray for gifts, mind you. But because they are set into service, then the Father has to come 
and take all the gifts. They need somebody to manifest healing. God works the healing through them. They need word of knowledge. God works the word of knowledge through them. They come to a place where the word of wisdom should show. You see them displayed. They come to a place where somebody challenged them. Signs and wonders happen. And if you look at the life of these people, it establishes five, four, five, and six of First Corinthians that there are different kinds of gifts. They are in me. I'm sure they are in you too. Why are you looking at me like that? When I said they are in me, I expect you to say they are in me too. Uh huh. I would gather now. There are some people who say they want to narrow down the area of their gifts. It is a bad thing to do. I'm a healing evangelist. Forget it. You are not. <laughs> Nobody is a healing evangelist. Nobody is. You know what that kind of statement makes you do? It limits what God will do through you. You have labeled yourself in one thing that really you are not. If the Lord says to you, I'm sending you to bring healing to the nation, doesn't mean you are a healing evangelist. Because healing to the nation means a messenger to bring forth the word of life. Are we together now? There are some areas of doctrines we have, uh, or, or learning that we have made doctrine in the body of Christ, and they made us, they paralyzed us. They limit what God can do through us. By the evidence of verse 4, it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. And that spirit is in you. Okay? So whatever that's that you, you need to function in, let that spirit do it. If you're using prophetic, if you're using healing, if you're using signs and wonders, if you're using anything, according to the will of the Father. So therefore, different kinds of services, but the same Lord. It is Jesus who calls for service. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to verse 11 tells you that. And the last one says, different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all. I want us to provocatively look into words used. God don't waste words. And one of our major problems in Christendom today is lack of knowledge of words. You cannot interpret a word you don't understand. That was why sometimes when I teach you now, I help you to understand the definition of those words so that when you know the definition of those words, the application will be absolutely correct. Let us look at the syntax in the words and this one. It says there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all. And the recipient is what? All men. And that validates what I'm telling you. God wants to work in you, not only in Apostle Williams. No, he wants to work in you. He wants to work in you. You must first believe this. When you see somebody among us, and that person commanded and fire came from the sky. God did that for two reasons. One, to validate the person that this is me. But second, to tell all who belong to him, I can do the same through you. That's why God does that. For the devil, it will make the devil just pack his load. Okay? But for you, especially when you say you belong to the loin of your father, it's very, very different. When you, when you believe that you belong to the loin of your father, the gene of the father are in the children. 
And anything God does through your spiritual father is the minimum because Moses didn't get to the promised land. He only saw it. But Joshua got there. And he's the one who allotted the whole place. Joshua, uh, jo- uh, uh, that's Joshua, he got there. But Elijah manifested miracles. It's the one we are looking to, to close tonight. But Elisha did beyond. Jesus was limited to Israel, but the apostles were not. If you look at the miracles recorded by the, about the apostles, you will discover that some of the miracles was not recorded by Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that Jesus didn't operate in those. Maybe he did not, because there's no need for it. That doesn't mean that he's unable, but if you look at the record of healing, let me give you an example. Someone, a, a minister was preaching, and somebody fell from the staircase and broke his neck and died. Okay? Bones broken, life gone. He came, he stretched him on the ground, lay on him. Why? Because one had done that before. And out of him, <laughs> brought that boy up. It does not matter the medical condition. Bones corrected, body corrected, so come. He brought him up, sitting down, and continued to preach till morning. Jesus didn't do that. He has no need to do it. What about one of them who was ministering, a, a, a young man who is a member of the church, and after ministering, an angel told him to go to a street, and the Holy Spirit and angel, you see them moving together in Acts chapter 8. And after finishing baptizing, he just disappeared physically and appeared miles away. Did Jesus not say in John fourteen twelve, if you have faith in me, you will do the things I have been doing. And Jesus said, greater work shall you do. Hello? So therefore... Let it be known, there is the ignorance, the areas of ignorance that the Bible says about this gift of the Spirit for every Christian is this. If you do not serve, God has no reason to operate through you. Okay? Let your church members know that. I just came back from Nigeria in one trip. One trip. That is last week. The first week I spent in Abuja, five churches were birthed in one meeting. Really, there are two other cities that came. But according to our platform, I have to hear from God that, yes, I am the one who sent them. And they should represent the work in that place. If they say they have a vision with a deed, yet... I have, must have a confirmation so that we do not uh, put our hands into what God in orchestrate. But let me tell you this. I phoned them yesterday and the report I had was interesting. Sent them last Sunday, the commission this Sunday, and it was interesting. Because it is God. Prophetic. It is prophetic. We need to know this. God is willing to work in all men, he said. Yes? But all men must serve according to the Lord Jesus Christ, what they have sent you. Get involved and serve. Then God can work the gift in you. Now, okay. How was said that we also recognize that uh, you and I can 
pray for a particular gift and operate in it. And God will manifest it because you pray. So we know number one thing that hinder believers from operating the gifts, ignorance. Then number two thing is in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. You know that our main focus is prophecy. All those ones are just introducing it. So we just recognize there that whatever you desire in life is what you get. Do we agree? Say amen. amen. How many of you are married? Raise your hand if you are a married man. Married woman. You marry the person because you desire that person. Is that correct? They are looking at me. Father, help these people. I, you see, mommy's hand is serious now. Thank you, my darling. I just said a principle to you. I said. That scripture says, follow the way of love and God is eagerly desires for you. And I said, the principle of success in life is everything that you got, good thing, came from desire. Even if you did you got bad thing, you desired it. Correct? So, but how many times do Christians desire spiritual gifts? If I ask you today, how many of you have prayed for a particular gift? And you can tell me that for the past seven days you have been praying for the same gift. I may not have one. Now let me say this to you. It is very easy for me to use husband and wife relationship. Because that is the first institution God created. You cannot define love if you have never been married. I repeat myself. By studying philosophy and writing books on love, you cannot be accurate if you have not entered into it before. You are only telling theories. There are some jargon you put there, they don't work. When the test of love confronts you, you will recognize that you will not remember any of your steps. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like somebody who has never been to war. And he read about stories of war. And he's writing about battlefield. Can you imagine that? You need a general who has fought several battles. To write about war. <laughs> Not hearsay. So therefore. Now if we look at academics that you attain is desire. Degrees you have, you desire it. The husband you have, the wife you have. Children you desire, you get in. Vehicle, house, the kind of, you know office, status that you attain, is from desire. But is it not interesting that the Bible says you need more than that to operate the gift of prophecy and the gift of the Spirit? It calls that eager desire. Because, you see, the difference between desire and eager desire is this. When you and I desire to have a particular degree in life, at the time you were seeking it, it, was, it saturated your mind. Some of us are sleepless for days because we want to make sure we get a particular grade. And we, we, it saturated us until we attend it. Once we attend it, we never have it anymore. The desire is gone because you already got that. Yes? Okay. 
So while you were uh, uh, aspire, uh, you know, aspiring to attain those things, we discovered that it began my, you know, in a mild form. I just love to be you know, an engineer or I just love to be you know, a paramedic. But then when you step the, into the course and they start to introduce you, your desire increases a little bit. But when it comes to the facing examination, it is eager. You have an eagerness that you have never had. And it will make you read. You will, you will be put under severe torture, but it will look like normal life. Complete inconvenience, it will look like normal thing to you. Your body will be educated to suffer pain for the purpose of what you want to attain. And that pain will not look to you as pain, neither can it bring tears. It will be a joyful discomfort. That is what eager desire does. When you are seeking God for gifts and you are eating and drinking and having parties, you need to question what you are seeking for. A young man came to me on this trip and said, Apostle, I want to see Jesus. He's a young uh, um, minister. He was introduced to me as a prophet. And in that place, I taught about who is a prophet. I didn't know about his him before. And I told them, you know, in our days, one of the things that Satan has given to church, Pentecostal church especially, Anglican church don't have it, Roman Catholic church, are, they are okay, but Pentecostal church is sick to call. Is this, you know, sick to call. We are sick, sick to call. That is, we, we have maggots in our bones. I would mean, uh, this is it. It's in Pentecostal church, people believe that to be an apostle is a title. To be a prophet is a title. To be a pastor is a title. And it, uh, they have gone so crazy now that they felt that if you're an apostle, you are superior to others. And if you are an, a bishop or you are not a bishop, then you are not equal. So those things came by Satan to Pentecostal movement. Because to be a bishop in an ecclesia or ecclesiastical movement, you must have been a person, not one church pastor. You have branches of ministers who are under you. And you have risen through the ranks of management. But in Pentecostal church, somebody started church today, pay some people the name in the bishop. That's it. Somebody is in Bible school because he felt that if he calls himself an apostle, he can easily get, uh, you know, a, a way somewhere. He calls himself an apostle. So, unfortunately for Nigeria, I was invited to speak. <laughs> so I told them at the, entry, at the entry of my discussion that let's look at the scripture. Numbers chapter 12 verse 6. It talks about a prophet. It said, there is a prophet among you. I revealed to him by open vision and by dream. So I said, any one of you call yourself a prophet, if you do not see visions of the night, and you do not see open vision, you are not a prophet. Because the Bible is so clear with the definition of a prophet. And it told us further in the book of Amos, we looked at all that, that a prophet will speak when heaven speaks. If a, pro if a prophet is in the land, he will tell us what will happen next year. That is a prophet's an office. It is impossible for a prophet not to know the plans of God for nation. And I told them in Nigeria, your prophets may be in villages and not known, but among all the fathers in Nigeria, show me one who hears God. No, no, prophet I'm talking about. None. Because if there's a prophet among the leaders of Nigeria, the president of Nigeria will be afraid. They will tell the public what he, he planned yesterday with his cohorts publicly. 
And they will warn him when he plans evil. That on such and such a day you plan this evil, but does hear the Lord. If you don't repent of it, you will not see this day. And that man will be afraid. He will repent. Or if he does not, he's gone. And those who remain will recognize that there is a prophet of the Lord among us. There will not be a nation that are confused about who will be the president next year. Everybody is coming to ask me that. Who will be the president next year? I said, don't worry. <laughs> God has already spoken. He can't change what he has said. Prophets bring direction to people. People don't go to them and they say, let me go and seek God. No, they tell you what God is saying. If God didn't speak to them there, God will still speak to them. They will tell you exactly. And what they tell you God is saying about your condition, that's just it. And I said, Apostle, Acts 12, 12. You know, they have this slogan of Apostle in the marketplace. I don't, God don't call Apostle and send them to markets. No, no. He sent them to go and break the yoke of Satan and lose those who are bound. That's an Apostle. He said in, in first, Second Corinthians 12, 12. He said, the signs of apostles was wrought among you. Signs and wonders. And that verse of the Bible gives a definition of function of an apostle. Anybody who doesn't have signs and wonders in his ministry, if he calls himself an apostle, he's just been deceived by Lucifer. You know, let me say this to you. What happened when a man is deceived by his office? It's similar to an industry. Somebody just came in, they employ you as a director, you went to the office of CEO, and you put... Change your title from your office to CEO. Okay? And people come in who, wants to, who are looking for the CEO of the company and they come to you. The only difference between you and the real CEO is this. There are some things the CEO knows. You can't know it as a director. He sees with the board, not directors. And the board will discuss secret things with him, not with directors. He will come to tell each director in accordance with what they have had. And there are some secrets that they will tell him he cannot say it outside because the company will go down. And if you are not a CEO, you cannot sit in the board. And so you cannot know those things. So if someone says, I'm an apostle or I'm a prophet, if you are not, uh-uh. when God calls prophet in the council, appear, let's see. When God called apostles in his boardroom, appear, let's see. When the devils who run before apostles see you, they mess your life up. Because when you call yourself that title too, you will draw some principalities against you. In any place you go. Principality don't care about what you think. You know. If you say that you are something, and principality, if, if you say, they say they are, that an apostle is coming, I'm sure that Satan will call all the people in the court, they will call all the young, young ones and say, Stay away. Let us handle this one. But if you are not called to the office, you will not have the angel of the office with you. Your word will fall to the ground. And that is why some people will say, when you are going for mission, I don't know whether ministers have had, some people have said to me, ah, you know, be very careful because they attack you. I say, attack me. I'm looking for devils to attack me. That's why I'm going to the abyss. I'm not going to the midst of... Uh, devils because I want to pacify them. Ah, they said, no, when you come back, and they have testimonies of when they went to do ordinary uh, preaching on the streets, how Satan attacked them with sickness. I shake my head to things like that. It's because of ignorance. Ignorance. 
I don't want to be anything except what God wants me to be. Because if I am what God wants me to be, I will function in it. And I told them, a pastor can be the father of an apostle. You may raise all the dead bodies in crematorium. Your father is pastor, and that's it. Because you call yourself an apostle doesn't mean that... um, The fact is that if anybody calls himself apostle and I'm there, when I see tough job, I will pass it to him that, apostle, please help us handle this one. That is somebody who I know that Satan is, he is real incarnate. I say, apostle, it is your, it's your own section. For me, when you clean him, finish, bring him to me. As a pastor, I will teach him. I will shepherd him. But, but to get all the devils out of him, apostle, please help me. And if you say you are a prophet, and some of my members said that, look, I want to, I, 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 I don't know what to do really. Uh, a spirit told me to, to move now to Cambodia. Another spirit said I should move to Hong Kong. And um, really, my wife should be in Japan. Say, okay, hold it. Where is the prophet? <laughs> tell him the stories. And the prophet must tell me, thus said the Lord, I must be accurate. You know what we spoke to there? Your eagerness for the gifts of God should not be for title. It should be for the gift. That's what we're talking about. And when you have eagerness, eagerness towards something, you will not forget it on a daily basis until it is done. What, what makes many of us not afraid to give is that we desire for some time, we forget it. When I came back from London, I told all my members that, how many of you have been praying about this prophetic? If you have been, those of you who have been, you are praying in it. Because that's what God is saying among us here now. Afterwards, I put my spirit upon all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. You are speaking in tongues all this year. Prophesy, please. Leave tongue alone. Prophesy. Tongue has its own place, of course. If I take you very quickly on this, and we'll go into concluding. Verse 2 of this scripture says, so we know eagerness, you know, you know um, uh, to be eager, desire the gift of God with eagerness, you will get it. We recognize that when you are in service, God can work any gift through you. Okay? But let me tell you the difference between that one and this. You are in service, God works this gift through you. But when you eagerly desire and you receive the endowment, that remains with you all the time. Let me say this. Because you are here now, you are preaching, and you saw a cripple, you say, walk in the name of Jesus, and it works. Doesn't mean that you see another cripple, and you do that. Because you are in service, and there is a need for the Lord to heal that cripple, so that others will accept him. And the unction come upon you, you command the cripple to walk, and he does walk the healing, and is healed. It's different from somebody who has the gifts of healing. He can pray for ten cripples and they can walk. Anytime there is a need, he can begin to pray and lay hands and people can be healed. And these are the two dimensions of area to be enlightened. That when I'm in service, anything needed, if it's prophecy, he can walk through me. If it is wisdom, if it is knowledge, if it is uh, you know, healing, it will walk through me because I'm in service and that service demands that. And God will be glorified because God will not deny himself. 
But here, if you now stretch your mind toward a particular area of Gita and begin to pray for it, you can get it. But having said that, he said, the most we should desire first is the gift of prophecy. That is the challenge God is giving to God's people tonight and this season. Nigeria, if somebody says that on such and such a time in the election, this is what will happen and it is so. If he speaks again, they will be afraid. Are we together now? In England, we are now going for almost completing our Brexit problem. I think the voice of God have told you what we end the matter. Those of you who have been listening to me, from beginning 2004, I saw a vision. I saw the great nation called United Kingdom become a man. And he was going from nation to nation begging for food. And in this church, I made you pray that time. In the days of famine, my people shall have plenty. Announced it for about two years to 2006. That I saw the nation, our nation, who is forgiving debts of other nations, a beggar. And someone is asking me, will they not, what will happen with Brexit? Is the definition, the name is Brexit. Isn't it? It has to sit first before it breaks in. So that what God is saying will be fulfilled. A nation who pride himself against the living God. Because I asked the Lord then, why will you do this? He said, they have deserted me. And at that time, they have not made homosexual marriage yet. And God said, they have deserted me. Because God knows the people who will desert him anyway. And our nation in England have come to a place where by Christianity is just been messed up. We don't even know where, who is God. And you have many gods in England speaking. So God had to bring this nation to the place where intelligence, human, we killed them. You remember when God said that the intelligence of Britain will fail. And they will say we tried everything and we, that we learned that we know they don't work. They said that, of course, in the time of crash. I'm talking about prophetic. You were here when God told me that on such and such a day, the stock exchange will crash. And on that day, exactly everything went down. I will call a man of, of such a prophet. You are here when the Lord told me that by this time tomorrow, tragedy will strike America. The strength of which has never been seen before. In the meeting, speaking, preaching in the word. And then the Holy Spirit said. And at that hour, Trace Center, the first plane hit Trace Center. That minute, the following day. And Trace Center came down. That is prophecy. When I told you that stock exchange will crash... And I told you the Monday it will crash. And I said on Friday, sell your money, sell your stock. Uh, Pastor David French made a lot of money through it. And some of you made a lot of money through it. When I told you don't, don't buy stock again until following year April. Because in following year April there will be an, a, an international conference in March. And another one in April. And then it will begin to go up. Those of you who waited in your uh, transaction of property, you made money. One of my leaders made it by one. One thirty thousand or one fifty thousand, just within that period, over his reduction of his property. When I said to you, buy in April, in March, the G eight met, or G twelve, in April the G twenty met, and then April ending, 
stock began to grow. And God said, by June, sell. And those who did it made money. I call that prophecy. Because the book of Amos says, the lion has roared. Who will not but speak? Look at it. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Look, let me help you understand this. I can give you many more, many more in CFT. When I was going to Klolojgo, the intercessors were praying for me in those days. They said that God's, God will do a miracle on this trip. That will be a landmark. So when I got to Lagos, I was looking for the miracle. We got into a car. We are driving towards Benin Republic. When I get to a place, Lord, which is the miracle? I was sensing in my spirit, Lord, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And this is about seven hours journey. Every stop, I say, is it there, Lord? No. Is it there, Lord? No. Is it there, Lord? No. We got to Lume. Passed through Benin Republic. We got to Lume. Then from Lume, we went through Agwe. Agwe to, uh, towards the village of Klodogo. When we got to Klodogo, I saw a crippled woman creeping into a house. And the unction of the Lord came upon me because I was looking for the prophecy to be fulfilled. I said to the pastor, like, well, turn the car around, let's go and make that woman work. Because the unction was present. We went to the place, as we were waiting in front of the house, behold, a madman from the market started running with speakers. Or whatever instrument he had. People were running, run for your life, run for your life, he's a madman. And I told my pastors, if a madman drive you, you are more mad. A madman has demons in him. We are here to do crusade. It cannot be by coincidence that God is, that the madman is coming to us, but by God. God wants to use this one as a testimony that he sent us here. And you people, they carried their camera, they ran behind me. Well, they were in training at the time. Yes. So, nevertheless, I said, come on forward. <laughs> These two... <laughs> Pastor Dako said that, he said, today, he will see what apostle will do. And when the madman got to me, I said, kneel down. He fell to the ground. He doesn't speak English. Demons hear any command. It's not the word, it's not the language you are speaking, it's your spirit language. And I put my hand right on the head of the man, filled with bed bugs and all manners of stuff. And I rebuked that evil spirit to come out of him on the spot in the name of Jesus. Because Why? The intercessor said by prophecy, on this trip there will be a spectacular miracle. That's the prophecy given to them. Not long prayer, rebuke the spirit, command sanity to the man. Two minutes, and I raised him up. The man said, where am I like this? He was totally healed. Every demon left. You see, when you start to pray for demons for two hours, three hours, something is wrong with you, not with them. I told you, Jesus didn't pray for demons for so, so hours. He commanded them by word. If you command a demon to come out, if it doesn't come out, leave him there and go. No, you don't have to worry your brain because you don't do nothing anyway. It is God who works the, the gift through man. So if I command demon to leave, if that demon didn't leave, I leave it with the God who works the spirit through me. Because the other one, I told them to leave and they left. This one didn't leave. That is not my business. I have done what the Bible says. In my name, cast out devil. And I have said to the devil, come out. If he didn't come out, no problem. As I said in the name of Jesus, if he didn't come out, it is the business of Jesus and the demon. 
But you know something? Satan tried to make some of us feel that we are doing something. We are not doing anything. It is God who works it. The man was healed. I took the man to my house, slept with me on my... I told... When we got to my told the pastors, let this man sleep with you. Ah, no, 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 apostle. He's a madman. I said, he was a madman. Now he's talking sense. That was when we knew by the villagers that he was mad for 40 years. At the age of four, he took salt to the shrine of, of uh, Kweku, and which is abomination. Evil spirit entered into him and it drove him out at four. He had been mad in that village. I'm talking about prophetic now. Prophetic now. Of course, the power of God manifests is also reflected. I would together now. So, therefore, the gift of prophecy is the gift that the Bible says we should dwell upon. Of course. Very quickly, verse 2, verse 3. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So, we love to speak to men. When you are here, if I speak in tongues to you and you have a problem, I can't help you with my tonguing. But if I tell you that this is the issue that you are, you are having now, but this is what God is going to do. Tomorrow you will see this and that and that and that and that. Somebody came to me before I went to Nigeria, one of the pastors. And he was telling me that uh, he got an uh, interview to go. You know, he has been looking for a job for a while. And he has an interview to go. But you know, when you are looking for a job for a while, you want to go for an interview, you know, everything will come to your brain. Whether they will ask for this, whether, wait, what, what should I look, whether. And when he finished speaking to me, I said, hear me, son. When you get to that place, they won't ask you questions. They will ask you to tell them where you want to start. They will give you tea and coffee. Relax. You are not going there to be interviewed. You are going there to be told. And what you tell them is what they will walk by. Because he pastors the church in Germany. And he has to go to Germany after the interview. When he got to the interview, he called me in Nigeria. He said, they asked him, would you like to have tea or coffee? He said, yes. He did coffee. They asked him that, um, you know, this is the issue. We want you to help us develop this section. Is that an interview? <laughs> I won't told him what they want him to develop. And I told him, you tell them what you can, the values you can add. That's what you tell them. You have worked in that section before sometime. So that you are the one who will be talking. They, will, they have nothing to ask you. They ask him nothing. So when they told him all that, he now said to them that I have, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And I pastor a church in Germany. And I'll be going on Friday. You want me to come and start. But I'm going on Friday. I'll come on Monday. But I will come late on Monday. They said, no problem. Whenever you come from your work, your church work, you can come and start. And he said that, but I go there every Friday sometime. And so they said, whenever it's your time to go, we will allow you to go. Because the prophet has spoken. Therefore, Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, Believe in God, you'll be established. Believe in prophet, you prosper. Prophetic is to prosper people. That is prophetic. Prophetic is not just somebody blabbing. He's saying this one, it will strengthen, encourage, and comfort. But three and five will stop there and then we'll just go and conclude. He who speaks in tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. 
Then the next verse says, I will like, let's read this together. I would like every one of you. Now, it seems as if I have never read it before. But I have taught this several times. But in this season, the Lord told me to look at it again. This Bible tells me that if you prophesy, you are higher. But all of us are just tonguing. Isn't it? And we are just tonguing. Where? It says if you speak in tongues, you edify. Edify means build up. It's not a sanctimonious word. It's not a spiritual word. Edification is not spiritual. It's an English word. What it means, yeah, <laughs> I have to say that. Because some of you will not use it for any other thing because you feel it's a sanctimonious word. Edify means build up, isn't it? So he who speaks in tongues, build up himself. And I told you, it is good for a Christian, if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, to speak in tongues daily, pray in tongues daily for at least 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And I gave you an example. One day I was a Baptist pastor and, I, and the Holy Spirit woke me up in the midnight and said, pray for Brian, pray for Brian. And I said, Lord, what do, what do I pray? And the Lord said to me in the book, you know, First uh, Corinthians, he reminded me, if I pray in the tongue, God know my spirit prays. If I pray in an understanding, my mind prays. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit and with my understanding. But the spirit before the understanding. And so I stood up and I began to pray in tongues for, for, for him. And I prayed in tongues for quite a long time. And at the end of it, I was sweating in the midnight. Not knowing that he was being attacked at that hour. And some spirits and powers are choking him to death. He was, we, when, we were, when I was praying at the time, he had got the attack. And the Lord woke me up to pray. And I began to pray in tongues. I said, Lord, I'm praying for Brian. I don't know what is going on with him. And I don't know what he's saying. But I began to pray in tongues. Now, I have invoked the powers of God against the spirit that was oppressing him. But he's Baptist. He doesn't know what is going on. He doesn't speak in tongues. His wife don't know what they are talking about. I was Baptist pastor. So, whatever the case may be, the wife prayed and stopped. Because he doesn't understand what is going on. His husband is choking. But he's struggling. And then I began to prophesy. It was when I began to prophesy that the tongue now came with interpretation. That I began to speak concerning the condition and rebuke that evil spirit. And at that minute, boom, he was released. He came to the church the next day to testify that ah, I was dead in the night. And he told us the whole scenario. The time he had the attack was the time the Holy Spirit. Because I told my wife when I woke up, he, she even saw me praying, or oh, you know, trial at midnight. So, when you pray in tongues, you build your spirit. What, where your spirit is, what happened? It means you ascend spiritually. So, if you build your spirit today, you go to a height. You build it tomorrow, you go back to the height. You build it next tomorrow, you go back to the height. And then at the time, you keep on building it, you will stay in the height. It's like somebody who is pulling bulwarker, carrying weight. Your, your muscles is growing gradually, gradually. If you continue, one day you discover that you build muscles. Same thing with praying in tongues. You just discover that your spirit comes to a place where, you know, you are so strong. But if you speak out of the place of strength, your work can fall to the ground. It must happen. If you speak out of the place of weakness, because the Bible tells us that he that prophesies, you prophesy according to the proportion of faith, Romans chapter 12, verse 5 and 6. 
Now, therefore, there is the place for faith. But faith does not just come spontaneously. Faith comes by somebody building up his most holy faith. Pray with your spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked me, where do you get your confidence from? That's part of where I got it from. Suddenly, I don't believe that the Bible is not true. And you can't convince him by any philosophy that the Bible is not true. I don't care about philosophy. I read intelligence. But the intelligence of man, I leave it at the boundary of the word. It should only give me a light to understand the writing. Then the rest of it, intelligence should lead me to do it with the spirit. So I don't fear anybody. Whether they call you voodoo person or call you devil or anything, you carry gun to my head. I don't care about all those stuff. I attain that height by what I'm telling you. We're going to finish on that. So therefore, if prophecy can do all those things, no wonder the Holy Spirit said we should prophesy more. Prophecy will give someone direction here. Amen. Prophecy will establish somebody in the church. Amen. Somebody who has a case who is so bamboos, a person in the church will just prophesy and then direction will be given, manifestation will be given, miracles will happen. Healing takes place by prophecy. He said to Haman, go dip yourself in river what? Jordan, dirty place. That is prophetic instruction. And Jesus said, put the earth in the eyes of the man and said, go wash yourself in the river called Saint. That is prophetic instruction. Prophetic instruction is what the church needs. We need it more than tongues. So if we can speak in tongues so much, then more of us can prophesy so much. That's what the Bible says. But what has hindered us? Ignorance. Because we are not ignorant about tongues. Good. But we can go beyond that. We can't bypass it. So if you have not been speaking in tongues, you need to get tongue first. Pray yourself. You know, to be, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I've said to you, to get the, the nine gifts, including the gift of tongues, eagerly desire, full stop, follow the way of love first, and then eagerly desire. I've said this to all of you. Don't separate love. Love is Christ. The way of love. A Christian who suspects everybody. This one you suspect. That one you suspect. That one you suspect. That one you suspect. What love is in you? Devil is messing you up. Devil is messing you up. I, I think this is what he's thinking in his heart. Are you God? If someone did something wrong to you, the Bible tells you basic instruction. Call him and tell him, I'm, I, this is what you did and I don't like it. The Bible tells you to, if, you are, if, you are, if someone reports you to you, Tell the person I'm so sorry. Because if you did it deliberately, you better confess that yes, I really did it deliberately, but I'm sorry. If you did it by mistake, because I read, you know, this week and I told you, the, the, in Leviticus 8, God will punish a sin of a leader or of a member that he has committed unconsciously. He will punish. And I said, my God, I've been reading the Bible, I've never seen that the, the, the legal principle that, um, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's from Lepticus. God will punish a man for the mistake he made ignorantly. He has to pay sacrifice. Of course, in the olden days. And we know that in these days now, sacrifice is repentance. Repentance is that if I was rude to you, and um, I knew deliberately I wanted to be rude to you, 
And I was rude to you. And you challenged me that, why are you rude to me? I said, look, dear, let me tell you this. I am so sorry. I just wanted to be rude. <laughs> but I am so sorry that I really was rude. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> now, if I told my sister that I, I just wanted to be rude, and it's a fact. No, not that I, I intended to be rude, but when I was rude at that instant, something came upon me, and I knew that I was, that statement would be rude, and I still said it. I wouldn't lie to him that, that uh, I didn't know. I knew. That is the truth. But I don't want to be. I just wanted to be rude. That moment. That's not me. I say to you that I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sure that the person you are rude to will say, okay, I forgive you. You will know that somebody made me do it. It's the devil. That's his name. That is his name. But if I now met you and you told me that, you know, you are rude to me, I say, rude. God will be looking at me. He resists the proud. Because I told you on Sunday, I'll share with you in prophetic voice, the key to life that David handed over to Solomon, Solomon didn't obey to the end. It's First um, Corinthians twenty Chronicles. I will call it Corinthians. Chronicles twenty-eight nine. It says, "And you, Solomon, my son, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him with wholehearted devotion and a willing, willing, willing mind." And it says that, "For the Lord searches the heart of man; he knows the motive behind your thoughts." <laughs> So if I lie to you, God will not like it because I just went from pride to lie, double jeopardy. But if I did something wrong and I let you know, that means I don't, act, I don't take myself as somebody infallible. I can make mistakes. And if I confess to you that I really made blunder, that's not me really. But that day I just wanted to do that. Because sometimes everybody goes mad. Amen. It's my mad time. And I was mad. So sorry, I'm so sorry, I wouldn't do that next time. Uh, and I would tell the person by experience that suddenly if you are deliberately rude to somebody and the person walks away, Holy Spirit will not convict you. Isn't it? You won't feel happy. But pride will say that, well, why should you apologize? Isn't it? And I would tell the whole story that when you were going, Holy Spirit convicted me and I said, why should I? But now, thank God you have come to me or I have come to you. I'm so sorry for what I did. You must honor those who need to be honored. Let me say, to honor those who are to be honored is not culture. It is the Bible. And I would say that the Queen of England, Elizabeth, our Queen, is the most standard of morality in this country. You go to the Queen, whoever you may be, you bend your head or bend your knees. And you don't, you don't stretch your hand to the Queen if she didn't stretch her hand to you. If you stretch your hand, I'll be looking at you. She will not answer you. Because before you go to her, they must have told you. You give honor to who honor is. Those of you who are Africans, all right, and you have ways of, of greeting parents, do so. That is the command of God. It has nothing to do with any Western culture. If in England they have to kneel before the aged, the queen, and men bow before the queen, you think it is just something anybody just... That is the true culture of England. You respect those who are older than you. you. I'm talking about the way of love. People didn't come to the world before that because they just decided to come. It is the God of heaven who sends them first. 
and made them parents. The way of love is the way of obedience to the word of God. So that is one of the things that hinder believers from operating the gifts of the Spirit. If you are a rude person, you are a deceitful person, you don't wish people good, you don't respect people, and you want them to respect you in your own time. Whatever you sow is what you get. And you wanted the people coming around to replace you. You, you, you report you sow. But God will enforce it. He is an enforcer. <laughs> he is an equitable God. Hallelujah, somebody. The way of love is the way of Christ. Humble yourself in the hands of the Lord. And he will exalt you. He will exalt you. As the younger one, bestow honor to the older. The older one to bestow honor to the younger. You don't provoke them to anger. You recognize them for what they are. You appreciate them for what they do. Don't appreciate them in your mind. Say it out of your mouth. The way of love. If you don't follow the way of love, if you eagerly desire gifts, you get nothing. Fasting, 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 fasting over gifts. Some of us did not. It's not by anointing. It's just by following God, the word of God. Obey the word of God. I wish you every success. And everybody. I will not taunt you because your brother is successful and say to you, you see your brother is now is more successful than you. Where is that from? Answer me. God or devil? Simple. This is his brother. He set up his mind to attain his success. He got it. I can only tell you that, oh, look at the testimony of your brother. That we may celebrate with him, but yours will come, I will say. I will never say, look at your brother now, he's now your senior. He's not a senior because somebody can attain something earlier in life. Those who came after him will boss him. It's a matter of time. The person who heads, who is the chief justice, is he the oldest lawyer in this country? The minister for health, is he the most doctor in this country? The oldest doctor, Dr. Ajigiri. So, those who have been his boss, we have to submit to him as the minister. I would hear that now. I'm talking about the way of law. What I see for myself is what I see for you. The way of love is you love everybody equally. We may not relate equally, but we love equally. Relationship has to do with character and behavior of people to you. You are attracted to people whose character are attracted towards you. But yet, you love everybody equally. You pray daily for the success of one another. This is the word of the living God. And I told people in my church, I don't want any one of you to be a victim. If I pray every day, I bend my knees, I pray every day, every day of my life, I pray for the success of all members of CFT, every church connected with me in life. If you look at video on Sunday, I was mentioning all of you prophetic words all over the whole world. When, I, when the power of God visited me and I began to prophesy, quick, I brought you under it and your members. That's what I do all the time. And you who are in CFT will be my, my, my testifier to this. Now, therefore, if anyone among you is now having thoughts ill thoughts to another person. You come against my fire line because I have prophesied that anybody who come against you may the Lord destroy him. And you know God will hear me. How is it impossible for God not to hear me? He will hear me because I know he sent me. And what he told me to do is what I'm doing. I didn't, that's why I keep myself away from all this contamination in the whole world. Are you with me now? So therefore, 
You don't put yourself in the fire line of God. Did you get me now? Don't put yourself in the fire line of God. That's the reason why the Bible says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. And eagerly desire spiritual gift. The way of love is that I love you. You love me. It doesn't mean that we agree. I may not like some character you have, but I will accommodate you until you grew out of it. But I will not react to you according to that bad character. While I will, no matter how bad you are, you will see this something good. While I celebrate your goodness, I confront your bad character. But at the same time, I love you. I will not let Satan make me hate you because you, don't, you are disobedient to me. Because I know that in the household of faith there are, there are ignobles and there are nobles. And I've taught you around about this ignoble and noble. Ignoble, noble means a person who exp- expresses high standard of morality. And people are not brought up the same way. Some of us are brought up terribly by parents who are ignoble, parents who are derelict, parents who are godless. And people like that will come into church with other children who are brought up with godly pe- people who are Silver spoon sped, fed. They know how to dress. They know how to step. They know how to respect and honor. In the other family, they wake up in the morning. They call their father by name. They kick him on the bed. You get born again, he's in the church. To that person, the normal life is that. So when they manifest in church, then you can't hit them. You only need to confront that evil. But still, opportunity will come. That it is for them. You call them and give it to them. While we are praying for the area that is bad to be repaired, we love one another with the love of Christ. We celebrate and you know each one, each other's success and achievement. The way of love is the prerequisite for the gift of the Spirit. Are we hearing me? When I speak as Alfred, you know that it's different from when I speak as an apostle. This is the key to heaven. The key to the power of God on earth. The key that you won't labor too much and you will see manifestation. That is the reason why Satan does everything to aggravate us, to hate one another. To aggravate us not to love one another. Because he knows if we can get that done, we can't get the spiritual gift manifest. If you don't love humanity, how will God use you? The same thing, let me tell you this. You want God to use you in power, miracles, healing, and deliverance. You must love sinners. You must love sinners. Someone came to you and said that I'm a witch. Oh, you are very welcome. You give them a hug. You are welcome home. But if you are somebody that, someone came to you and said that, you know, I'm the one who has been doing you. I have done everything for the past 15 years to hinder you. And it's part of your family or part of your friends or part of somebody you know. And he continued to confess and confess and confess. And after he finished confession, God was watching you. Who puts hand in his mouth to help you know how much he has been faithful to you. Because though he has been doing it for 15 years, yet you are still being blessed by God. So why would God make a person confess? If you not say, hey, stood him to death. God will ask you, but I sent you to lose those who are bound. So what do you do to a person who confesses to you? After confessing to you, you say, thank God for you. Father, I command that spirit that just spoke now. 
to depart now in the name of Jesus. Separate the man from the devil. Clean up the man. Lead the man to Christ. Give him a hug. And tell him that you didn't do anything to me. Because it is your doors that taught me to pray. When I saw signs that things are not working, I fasted. Your work, God used it to help me become a man in the spirit. So now I have to make you a man too. Rebuke that spirit in that person. I love the man. For God so long, that's the way of love. I haven't said that you go home with this. Fifteen more minutes I'll finish. And this one I will introduce it and we will go. We will come back next time and we'll do it. In the book of someone say what is this what is the topic of this meeting? It's you are God's prophetic voice to your generation. That's the topic. You are God's prophetic voice to your generation. Write this down, and in our next meeting, we will explore it further. Five things that came to my mind when I was studying prophetic. That a child of God, or a minister of God more especially. A minister, let me look at the minister of God. A minister of God must have. Number one, a minister must believe in himself as a messenger of God. If you are a minister, you must believe you are God's messenger. Nothing should make you doubt that. Whether you are, you got, Jesus appeared to you, or you were sent by somebody to go in the name of the Lord. You know, I've covered that as I was speaking. God appeared to Moses, but Moses sent Joshua. And God was with Joshua. God appeared to Elijah on the mountain, but Elijah, he didn't see God. He saw Elijah. And Elijah sent him. And God was with Elisha. A minister of God must be convinced that he's a messenger of God. First Kings chapter 17 verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbe from Tishbe, Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next seven years. Yes, except by my, what a God that man has. What a God. You must believe you are a servant of the living God. You know, many of us don't understand the position of a servant and fasting. This is not talking about somebody who fasted and who has been praying. No, 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 no. By virtue of your position, you speak. Let me help you know this. I will go through this deeper in our next meeting. But let me help you go with this. Most times, many of us don't make declaration until things have gotten too terrible. Correct? I will look at, that's what happened to Elijah. Things have gone extremely bad to the extent that he is not secure too. So he has been pushed to the wall, then he's the next one to be killed. Because Jezebel was hunting them down. And it came to his senses that, ah, what is going on in here? Insanity. He went straight to confront Ahab, who is looking to kill him. That boldness came into him. But if the boldness had come into him earlier, he would have done the same thing 
and mitigated the life of those who were killed. And you will see this throughout the scripture. I'll show you in many instances. We look at Elijah and Elisha mainly. And maybe I'll look at Moses. Those are my stars in the, in the Bible with Paul. So therefore, it says, except by my word, a minister must believe in himself as a messenger of God. The second thing is this. The people you preside over must believe in you as the messenger of God sent to them. Second Chronicles 2020. Believe in God, you'll be established. He says, and, uh, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went forth. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Israel, and you have his answer of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophet, you will prosper. Do you know something? A minister will say to me, that, How can I make my people believe that I am a messenger of God? By telling them. Who you are. I tell my people, I am sent by God. Your destiny is in my lips. Am I lying? No. Because by my words, their hearts have been transformed. By my words, vision have been birthed in them, which have made them successful. Yes? But the fact is, a father in the house must let his children know I'm your father. You know, when you are talking to your child and your child is trying to go because some people are doing some mess he saw, and he wants to introduce the mess to the house, nonsense into the house of sins, you have to tell that child that, hey, you came out of me. I gave back to you. If you are a father, you can't say that. You are, you are, you are headless. You are a headless chicken. <laughs> Hallelujah. From cradle where my children are growing up, they know that I manufactured them. Yes. The Bible says, honor your father who gave that you life. And your mother from whom you were birthed. The Bible don't lie. Life came out of the semen of a man. That black thing inside it, that is the life. Doctor. The Bible can't get it wrong. And father must tell you as they are growing up, you know, children, they, they, they look for hot, uh, uh, the soft spots in the house yeah. to go and uh, connive. So, but when you see that your children, when they are growing, which we did it, when we are growing, we tested our father and tested our mother whether this one will react or will not react. If you, are not, <laughs> if you have not educated your child like that, they grow up. When they grow up and they are formed, you will have context about your position. This is not a family clinic. <laughs> so also, if you raise a church and everybody is bro, including you, you are brother and sister, in a short time, you will have a church where there is no head. When you say something, somebody will say something else. In the church, in the house of God, are hierarchies. And you must let your members know it. If I appoint a child, a pastor, the father and the mother from that day must call that child pastor. They don't call that child by name anymore. 
It is ungodly to call that child by name. It is punishable by God. For anybody who calls that child by name and do not recognize the oil poured upon the head of the child. You think you are older? Ah, God will tell you that I don't know how, how old you are to my age. Yes. There must be sanity in the house of the living God. Some may say, I'm more qualified. If you are more qualified, Holy Spirit will have appointed you. But he bypassed you when he appointed that child. You must let them know. That's why when I talk to you, sometimes when I talk to you, I say to you, I talk to you as my own children in the spirit. And I make you know it. That is the reason why when I access the spiritual, when I plead on your behalf, I tell God that these are my own children. You visit me, all of them, wherever they may be. And God honors it. I received testimonies from yesterday from some branches. Interesting. I won't talk to you about that now. You must let your people know you are the messenger of God so that they may trust you. Because anybody who comes to your church who does not believe in you can never prosper in your church. He can't prosper in your church. If anybody under you contests with your authority, that person will never prosper. Because when you speak, it only happens on those who believe in you. The dictum is believe in the prophet, then you prosper. If you don't believe in the prophet, you will not prosper. It's just so simple. So simple. But let me say something to you also. It doesn't matter how many don't believe in you in the church, as long as you make them know who you are. Those who believe in you, the resources God will use in your church, it is them He will put in their hands. And those ones will not move on. You didn't hear what I said. They won't tell you God is telling me also to move on. Those who say God is telling you to move on, they should move on. But the people that will build and enter Canaan with you, they die with you. They are the ones that carry on when you are gone. I will together now. The Lord, the Lord taught me so many things. My confidence is in the knowledge of God. I know God well. Not all of Because he still surprises me daily. But the one I know, Satan can't take it from me. Neither can any false prophet confuse me about it. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> If I'm in a meeting and a first prophet stand up, I only need to pick up the microphone. And I will say to everybody, so sorry, the prophet who just spoke is a first prophet. Before him, no matter how big his name is, what he has said, the God of heaven hasn't said it. If he says God of heaven has said it, I am available here. Let him contest me. His mouth, he didn't get what I said. I just spoke in tongues. The mouth will paralyze. Are you with me now? When the small prophet went and told Jeroboam that this altar you Jeroboam built, his boy will rise up in Israel, will be born, who has not been conceived, his parents have not married yet. But he will name him called Josiah. And he will burn your prophets on this altar. And Jeroboam stretched his hand out of anger. His hand was leprous. Your people must know you are God's messenger. Brother. It is not a thing of pride. I came to England to a midst of people when I went to where I, the first church I, my pastor. Everybody was calling my pastor, Don, 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 Don. I said, who is Don? <laughs> After a few days, I saw that it was my pastor they are calling Don. I said, you people, what is wrong with you? 
You are calling my pastor, your pastor, Don. You will never be blessed. Because Don cannot bless a man. But pastor Don can. There are different, different things between Don and pastor Don. Pastor Don is a messenger of the most High. Don is your friend. If you don't call him by what God has sent him, he can't work for you. He will bless everybody. You remain where you are, even go down the drain. And someone says that, my blessing is not in his mouth. You lie. You will have dropped from heaven and not be born by your mother who conceived you. I said that a woman cannot conceive me. I must come out myself. God's order cannot be changed. God's order cannot be changed. He says, honor your father who gave the life. And your mother from where you come. Are we together now? I told them, God forbid that you call this man done in this church anymore. What kind of thing? I just came from Africa, raw. We are we prostrate to our pastor. Huh? You agree with your pastor and you are like this. It can't happen by, by, by natural instinct. You are on the floor. And when your pastor lay hands on you and say that today you will prosper, before night it will happen. Because you are sown to the office. So I eradicated it. And when they now uh, upon some people digging, they will look at me. Alfred, we know you don't. Not Alfred. I am Pastor Alfred. Yes. Don't call me Alfred again. Because they have made me pastor. Whoever I hold that there, I will tell them straight away. I am Pastor Alfred. Yes. Call me now. And I made them in their church not to call themselves name again. I said, when you call one another, you call brother, this and sister, this, that's what the Bible says. When Ananias got to Paul, Saul, he said, brother Saul, he has not been ordained. He said, brother Saul. The early Christians didn't call themselves by name. They called themselves brother, this and sister, that. Anything out of that is insanity. That's why God don't move in those mists. They only have uh, singing, and they sing and they jump. No prophecy, no healing. Nothing happens. God is not in the midst of it. It's all talk and, and in a sh- from next year, God showed me. People will be frustrated in those places and they will move looking for God. Guys. The house of God is not the house of anybody can do whatever it is. If, if in a church, a pastor is not recognized as their leader, you are the leader, you are the resident pastor or the overseer and the church don't recognize you. You will soon lose everything God sends you. Because when you say that God is saying this, somebody will say something else. Woe be tie. It can't happen under me anywhere under heaven. I will show the person the door straight. In the house, in one house family, is only one father. When you have two fathers declaring themselves as the husband of one wife, and that they are fathers of the children together. Something is wrong. It can only come by the devil. Satan systematically wants to destroy Pentecostal movement. The Bible says, give honor to he who. It says, emulate your, your, your leaders who labor over you. A leader doesn't sleep over people. He prays. When they are sleeping, you are praying. They wake up and see miracles, but you have sorted it out with heaven. They come and testify, and you are rejoicing. But you know how much you have bent your knees over their success. 
when they are eating and drinking, when you are fasting and praying for them. So you must let your people know that you are a servant of God. Number three, you must speak on behalf of God to them. I'm not teaching about this. I'm just informing you. Then I'll teach you next time about this one. Because it's so deep. You must speak on behalf of God over them. First Kings 17, 14. First Kings 17, 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain. It is the man who spoke, not God. Whenever you hear, and the word of the Lord came unto me, then that is prophetic utterance. But when you hear, thus hear the Lord, is man speaking, and they are prophesying abundance. I would hear that. The woman who came to Elisha with a little verse of oil, Elisha said, what do you have? He said, a little verse of oil. He said, okay, go and borrow barrels. That's not God speaking, that is man speaking. That, what came to his head, he told the woman. Of course, we know that anything we say, Holy Spirit is behind it. But Holy Spirit always back off to let you do it. Because Holy Spirit can speak to you and you keep your mouth shut. Say, go and get empty barriers. Don't get a few women. Ha, okay. What would we do with empty barriers? Shut the door of your house. And then pour that vase of oil. We'll talk about that when I teach you on this. Your word can make or break. That's why a messenger of God cannot, must not curse. On the altar of God, that is defilement. You bless God's people. Speak on their behalf. Speak on God's behalf to them. That's number three. Number four, you also must be hearing the voice of God. A minister must hear the voice of the one who sent him. First Kings 17, 2 to 4. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerry River, east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the rivers to fill. I will show you many times, God said, God said, God said, to his servant, prophetic direction, you must hear God. How do you hear God? Pray. If you spend enough time praying before God, you will hear him. A member can pray Russian prayer. Father, 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 Lord, Father, Lord, Father. And then he gets up before God is speaking. He's gone away. But a minister cannot. You have gone beyond all that. You pray and wait. You seek and find. You take a matter of a member to God. And you don't stop asking until heaven speaks to you. So that you can come to the member and say that heaven has spoken about you. This is what God is saying about that matter. If you are used, you know, uh, to hear God when people are talking to you about their matter, it's built up by, if you, if you regularly pray to seek God about members over matters, and you are a person who has built up in mind that if there is an issue about a member, you don't stop until God will speak. When you practice that in your own privacy, okay, you will, you will have developed your these three senses of the spirit sight, hear and your mind to the place whereby when people are talking to you, you just hear you haven't prayed, you just hear or people come before you and be, they haven't spoken, you just be hearing everything they, are, they come and tell you, you hear everything you hear everything 
And when you say to them, okay, don't worry, let's pray. They haven't spoken anything. You begin to pray those things you heard about them. That's what you mentioned. When they finish, ah, everything that I want to come and tell you, yeah, because God has spoken to me. Now, this is the, the solution to it. That man reached that height by having an attitude of seeking God regularly over matters of people. If you have such concern to hear God over people's matter, you know, this I've told you, it's not you pray today and that's it. You don't remember anymore. When you take a matter to God, if it takes two years, daily you pray it. Two years. You will not miss, you can't forget it because it's your problem. That's what it's called a burden. When you are walking on the street, you remember that person. You are asking God about it. That's the kind of attitude that builds you up that God will just reveal to you before you pray. It's very, very easy. You don't need anointing for this. If you need anointing, you have it already. It's just a pattern of prayer. It is a, it's a, it's a pattern of mindset. Do we get it now? Finally, number five. I've given you number four now. You must have confidence that God will hear you. And we read that in the book of 1 Kings 17 to 2 Kings 7. Confidence that God will hear you. How can I speak and God will not hear me? Elijah, when the, when the, when the time came up, he went to Ahab and said that, Ahab and I have now come. I have told you that there will be no rain by my word. Now I want to release my word and rain will come. How dare a man say that? He said, call me the bad prophets. Let us have a context. And then he said that, Ahab, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. What dare a man to say that? When God has not told him. And they brought the bad prophets. And the bad prophet now said, okay, call your God. No fire must be lit. And let your God answer by fire. What God says a man like that? And they called their God and called their God and called their God, called themselves to pieces and almost dead. He said, maybe your God is sleeping. Wake him up. How can a child of God do that? And they come to call themselves and they bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed. And really their God has gone to stupor of sleep. And they say, okay, you guys, don't kill yourself yet because your death today, I will deal with it. But don't kill yourself. He said, now, can you destroy the altar of Baal, putting an end to satanism in a village, in a city, so that God will be established and it shall be so? Okay, now repair the altar. Now build the altar according to God, the Lord Yahweh's command. And they build the altar, a new altar. That will happen a lot in Nigeria. God is speaking to me so much about Nigeria. Many big edifices will empty. The Lord told me. He said, we are the carcasses, the vulture goes. People will be fed up of being lied to. All the places they go, they say, God will do it for you. They will leave the place because God is not doing anything. He's the minister that is riding on the wealth of the people and poverty of the people, exploiting them and making money and building houses and buying jets and lavishous life. People will soon leave. From next year, you'll see it. I saw some of them. They did their hand like this. In a massive, endless edifice. No soul. They were weeping. Let me say this to you. What God will a man have 
And he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. Before he stopped praying, fire came from heaven, consumed the sacrifice. You must have confidence that your word will be heard on high. Do you know one of the things that make confidence like that? It's not because a man maybe don't have his human weaknesses, blunders, not deliberate. Don't misinterpret me. But we are all frail human beings. But a man who God will hear is a man who has relationship. You walk in godliness. You don't call white, black, or gray. You preach the word of God to the people. Your heart is for people to know God. You don't want to be the barrier between people. You are not, you are, you are not threatening if any one of your members is a prophet or is, a, is, a, is a manifesting as a pastor. If my member can teach better than me, that's what I celebrate. It doesn't remove my office. A father is a father. Your children may, should be richer than you. Isn't it? If your children are not richer, you'll not be happy. And they must know God more than you too. You'll not be happy if they do not. If you have such a heart, you will build a place of confidence with the Father where you, you speak. Because you say so, God will do it. You have said it. God will do it. When I teach you, I will give you a lot of examples in my personal life which will challenge your faith. <laughs> it will challenge you. The Word of God is just true. But what God wants us to be is that that we are sure that He sent us. That we speak on his behalf. That we declare over his people what must happen, what must come to be. Under me, in Christ the tabernacle, there is no such a thing as impossible. It doesn't happen when I'm, when I'm around. If anybody comes to me and tells me the most complicated matter of his life, I have never given Satan glory. To tell them that there are some enemies somewhere. It is nonsensical to be saying that. No prophet needs to tell you you have enemy. The Bible says your enemy, yes. the devil, is there in the Bible. Yes. Prophet don't come and tell you about the witch that is running after you. That's not prophet of God. If a witch is running after me and the prophet said it, it is the prophet's duty to make sure in that very place he's telling me he disconnect those witches. Yes, that is the prophet of God. Huh? Some, let me give you this. You pray now. A man was brought to me. Does that mean, I'm not saying that witches can't come after you. But I'm saying that a prophet should encourage establish and build up. They brought a man to me. The man, had, the man was a drunkard. Whenever he collects his salary, they pay them in cash in Nigeria. He will go to the beer parlor and he will dis, de, declare for everybody and spend all the money and come home drunk. Drunk. Every month. So when I was doing crusade, they brought the man to me. And who brought the man? The wife. Crying. Oh, my husband. All the money that we should succeed in life, he drinks it. And family too came. And the compassion went to this woman. I look at the man. The man who was looking like a dummy. You abuse him. Uh, you praise him. He wasn't drunk. I'm talking about the place of prophetic. And you will speak on God's behalf. And, and have confidence that if you say so, God will do it because you say so to that person. 
He sent you. Suddenly I saw, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw a gull in his neck. A gull. God. God, they call it. God. God. How can it be? God. G-U-D. G-O-U-D. G-O-U-R-D. As I can it be, I know it. Now look at what happened. I said, Lord, what is this? The Lord said, ask from the wife. Eh? Ask from the wife. I said, uh, sister, <laughs> clean your face. Clean your eyes. Clean your eyes. I'm talking about if a prophet says to you that there is a witch, that prophet must take that witch there. Then that's the prophet of God. He doesn't leave you to go home afraid. Where is the witch? Could leave be my sister? Could leave be my mother? Could it... Prophetic don't cause confusion. So, the woman... Ah. I said, I can see in the neck of your husband a God. And I said, I asked the Lord, what is this? And the Lord said, ask his wife. And this is your family standing here in the presence of your family and I and your husband. And I say, sister, tell me the story of the God. Her face changed instantly. She said, um, um, I don't know. Ah, you have come to the balm of Gilead. If you don't say it, I will say a word. You will be messed up here. Ah, sir, don't mess me up, sir. Am I for you being hard now? My assault, they know me. <laughs> he said, she said, please don't torture me. I will confess. I said, you better confess. And she said, I was the one who put that God there, sir. Everybody said, ah. The family was shaking. I said, tell us how you did it. And she confessed how she was the, in their witchcraft group. She, and she's an intercessor in church. Pentecostal church, one of the intercessors. Who we, you know, you know, let me tell you, Pastor, you need to get experience. So there are some people who come to your night vigil to sleep. Send them home. <laughs> when you are praying, and prayer is hot. And they are going, ah, they, they've gone in the meeting. Shake them like this, stand them up, and watch over them. Oh, yeah, stop praying, let me hear you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't let them. In your meeting, she was an intercessor. That they even said that, ah, she's a serious man. She never missed intercession meeting. But she goes to intercession meeting, pray for some time. When the prayer gets too hot, she just goes and starts to work against them. The reason also is that because the people who are interceding didn't follow prophetic. You get me now. Two things bring prophetic to light. Worship and prayer. Those are the two work, work, uh, instruments. So, she confessed after confessing. So, she says that she has to, you know, sacrifice her husband to get the promotion. I said, okay, no problem. You are not guilty of the sacrifice. The one you sacrifice to is, is, is going to lose. Now, 
First of all, you will have to accept Jesus Christ. You, are, you ask God for mercy. I told her about salvation. And the, the leaders of the church were shocked because they, they repent on us as an intercessor. You know, they, they speak in tongues. But tongue of the devil. So I led her to Christ and get her off the hook. Pointed to that calabash. I commanded it to burst in the name of Jesus. And I saw it. Bah! And the man was restored on the spot. The woman was saved. Then I took the woman. That's witchcraft. You have said you don't want witchcraft anymore. So now it is the time for witchcraft to go. They rebuked the street of witchcraft. She was separated from witchcraft. She went to point others who are in the group. You are there. You also you are in that group. In the church. You better come. I have been delivered. You better confess. I will call that a man of God. But the one who will tell you that that woman send out because she's a witch. I bless both of them back to their home. Because God who revealed and destroyed the power of affliction. He and led that man to Christ, led the woman to Christ. He will go home with them. A new covenant has been caught. When they go to their home, every demon in the house will run because the Prince of Peace has entered the house now. Jesus don't enter a house and you need to come and pray demons out of the house. Oh, Jesus only needs to enter with you. They will take on their heels. You know, many people have been debased in their thinking. A form of godliness without manifestation. That will not be your portion. Let's rise up on our feet. We are going to pray now.